0: Hey, it's good to be back with you. We're always grateful that you're with us and even pray that you share this with other people and that uh, this broadcast would be a blessing to you and also to them. Uh, We're in our series, The Gospel, and we're in a section of that series that we focus on the cross and what the cross means to the gospel story. And we're gonna be looking at Colossians 1, 19 through 20 to begin with, and I wanna read it to you. It says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness, meaning the fullness of Jesus, dwell in him and through him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Let's pray together. Father, help me uh, in this moment to be a plain preacher, so plain that a child would understand me. <clears throat> help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit as I preach. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, Lord, if you prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. And as always, we know that you see all of us, but you look at me differently. I'm your preacher. I'm your teacher. And upon me is a greater and a more strict judgment than anybody in this room or anybody listening or anybody watching. I know that and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. His name that I preach. Uh, as we deal with the cross today, I want to go back to the sermon before this one in the series. And uh, I left you, I left you with, we have a sinless Jesus and his sacrifice. he's a He's a perfect sacrifice. He's a perfect savior, and uh, how his death on the cross has moved us to the righteousness of God. And so righteousness, as we learn then, and hopefully you remember, is living with the walls torn down. Sin is a barrier and it is a wall that we build up in our fellowship against with God. It, 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 it moves us in between and also between each other. And um, it's, we're, we're, He reconciled us on the cross. And uh, we get His righteousness from His death on the cross so that we can live with the walls torn down in a great, great relationship and fellowship. So the cross, the cross of Christ, is how this is accomplished. It's how we live with the walls torn down. I uh, I looked at different ways to present this sermon today, like the history of the cross, and you know, with uh, the through the through all the different generations and centuries, and uh, the effect of it, the style, uh, even the word excruciating comes from how you describe your pain on the cross. Uh, And if you look into the root of that, excruciating, you can see the root word crucifix there. And uh, it is excruciating pain. I wanted to get into all that, but I decided to handle two things today. One is we needed to see why he had to die because how awful our sin is. And then we need to understand that the cross is a place of decision for all of us. I just want to handle those two things with you today. Look at Romans six twenty three. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul said that there is a payment. He used the word wage. It's like getting a paycheck. It's like getting a retirement. It's, it's like any of that. <laughs> even an inheritance, if you want to see it from that angle. For the wages of sin is death. Uh, there's a payment for your sin, and it's death. And the picture here of death is separation, isolation. I want to build on that for a moment. You and I, we've already determined that sin is a barrier. Like I can, uh, uh, it is, a, when I sin against God, it's building a wall or a barrier between us. It—it it, uh, When there's sin that it, it affects other people, there's a wall or a barrier that is between us. And remember, righteousness is tearing that wall down, only God can do that. But sin separates, sin isolates, sin divides. It is the barrier, it is the wall. Uh, it, is, uh, it destroys relationships, it destroys fellowships. It'll even destroy culture and society. It'll even do that. Uh, and uh, I, I can just ask the question, have you ever been affected by sin? your sin or the sin of others meaning that it is isolated it's divided you you felt the ripple effect from it and the answer for all of us is yes uh some of us are closer to the epicenter of that sin than others but nonetheless we feel the effect of it all of us no one has ever mentioned to me in my 36 years of being a pastor and a preacher no one has ever mentioned to me how their sin has restored or even blessed their life. I have never heard that comment in 36 years of dealing with people. And I've dealt with thousands of people. And I don't mean in a mass setting, I mean really in a one-on-one setting. Sin destroys, and listen to this, you'll see it later on, it intends to destroy. It really has a plan of destruction. And uh, so this is referred to as the awfulness of sin and how awful it can be and how we experience it. So God has to punish sin. He has to do it. Why? Because he is holy. That sin is against him. Uh, you, you might do it in private, but it goes public. Uh, he does it because he is just. That is the way that this life is set up. Ever how you like it, don't like it. <laughs> It is set up in such a way that when you sin, it's rebellion against him, he's holy and just and righteous, and he has to punish it. So uh, sin's directly against him, it is a rebellion, and it is punished. The cross shows how awful sin can be, uh, and then the cross also shows how loving God is for all of us. Look at Romans 5.8. We've used this verse before. It's a beautiful verse. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Even, even when we were his enemies, Christ has died for us. Uh, it, it's important for you to know that when you, you and I sin, it's directly against God himself. Uh, You may not even be thinking about God, but our sin is direct in rebellion against Him. But instead of punishing us, He pardons us, and He chooses to punish His very best and His one and only Son. Do you see the love? Do you see that a holy, just, and a righteous God is punishing sin, but He's letting Christ do it in our place? which also demonstrates his love for us. That's why the cross is a, is, is a marker in all of our lives. It, it, historically, it's over 2,000 years ago, but it is the one place, it is the one place where he has showed us that he loves us. Look at Galatians 6.14 for just a second. Paul wrote this, "'But as for me, I will never boast about anything "'except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ.'" The world has been crucified to me through the cross, and I to the world. Paul believes in boasting, but not on himself, but in the Lord. Look at 1 Corinthians one thirty-one. In order, Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church, in order that as it is written, the one who boasts must boast on the Lord, or we're gonna boast on the Christ. And Paul could boast. Uh, his life was—he was groomed literally, the highest of educations you could get. He was literally groomed to lead his people, the Jewish people, and here he is surrendering to Christ as the Messiah. He—he he had a life that was probably envious of other people uh, because of the height that he had reached academically, educationally, and also being groomed for that place of leadership with his people. But he only boasts on the cross. Why? Because Paul began to realize that the cross was his only chance. And it is our only chance too. And look at verse 14. I want you to see where the cross is not only something we boast on, but it becomes a place of decision for every single one of us. He said, the world has been crucified to me through the cross and I to the world. I want you to see that. When he says he he crucified the world, he said, I'm done with it. Paul is saying, I've been a part of the world. I see the plan of the world. I see the destruction that following the world can be and I'm done with it. I have crucified, I have crucified the world. It is over. And not only that, he's talking to himself about an eye to the world. He, is, he, has, he has just told the world, uh, I am done with you and you are done with me. It is over. It is finished. As the world is concerned, we are done and finished. It became The cross became a decision point for the Apostle Paul. It becomes a decision point for all of us. Uh, in my reading... Uh, I was reading, I, I, I read often, not just for this sermon, but uh, Robert Coleman has a book called The Heart of the Gospel. It's a systematic theology book uh, that is uh, really the birthplace of his, one of his great books called The Master Plan of Evangelism. And um, the, in, in this, he depicts that the cross is a crisis of personal decision. He died. The Lord died in our place and for us. He paid our penalty and then it brings us to a choice. But here, here is how Coleman described it, and I love history. So uh, I'm going to give it to you in, in, in some of the fashion that he gave it to us. He said, uh, being from Texas, he had uh, studied and he knew the story of the Alamo. So he said in 1836, he said there were 182 patriots who were holed up in a Spanish mission in San Antonio. He said they are surrounded by thousands of Mexican soldiers, thousands, and they had been under siege or attacked for 13 days. He said one day there was a lull in the fighting and uh, the, their commander, William Travis, William B. Travis, had called his men together there. He explained their hopelessness, and he said, there's only two ways for you to survive this. One, is for you to surrender, or two, as best you can, try to slip through the lines and get away. And he goes, he even said, I wouldn't blame you if you chose to do that. But in giving them the only two ways of survival, as a commander and a leader, he took his sword, and he took his sword and he, He stood in front of his men and he took the sword, and as he walked in front of his men, he put the sword in the dirt. And so as he walked, he created a line between his men and between him. He did this. And it says that his voice was trembling with emotion. And he said these words, Those prepared to give their lives in freedom's cause, come over to me. It is said in history without hesitation, every man except one crossed the line. James Bowie was sick and he was on his cot. And we know James Bowie to to be the man behind the Bowie knife that even exists today. He's sick and he's on his cot. And he asked people, because he couldn't cross the line on his own, He asked people to come and get his cot and to to carry him over the line. On March the 6th, early in the morning, wave after wave, in fact, they're saying there were three waves of attack that morning uh, from the Mexican army. And they fought off the first two waves. And then the third wave breached the wall and was able to come into their compound. And it was hand to hand combat until they said the ground was, was spilled with their blood. Uh, they had succumbed to the third wave. We know, we know the saying, remember the Alamo, and we know that this is a Texas thing. It is a Texas event because it, it even depicts their own personal freedom. And so with this being a Texas thing and a Texas event, you need to know that the cross of Christ is a God event. It is a God event, it is a one-time event for all of mankind and where, where Jesus paid my sin debt. All of God's wrath was, was, should be falling on us and by God's grace, he has pardoned us from this and he has shown us his love that he had to pay the penalty of sin. It couldn't go undone. And Jesus took that penalty for both me and for you. And for that, you and I are eternally, absolutely eternally grateful. So the cross becomes a place where God drew the line in the sand. And he said, it's one of two things. You can choose me or you can choose the world. I use Galatians 6.14 to show you how Paul chose the cross of Christ because he knew it was his only chance. Uh, He says, I am done with the world. Christ is my only hope. And you have a biblical blessing to brag about that all you want. Colossians 1.20 says this, And through him... And through him being Christ to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Colossians 2.14, he erased the certificate of debt with its obligation. And that debt was against us and opposed to us. Do you remember I told you that sin has got a plan of destruction for you, and you just need to know that that sin is not only against us, it's opposed to us, and has taken it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. We have got to understand, he paid my debt, he has shed his blood, not mine, he he has pardoned mine, he has shed his blood, not your blood, and he has done it because he has loved us so much. I wanna leave you with this quote today. There's a lot of things I could have done with the cross of Christ, but I want you to know uh, our our sins are destructive, and God has to punish it because he's holy and just and righteous. But here's how much he loves us. He chose not to punish you, but to punish his only son. What great love hath that, that uh, a man lay down his life for his friends and we as enemies then become the sons and the daughters of God he has paid my debt and listen uh, we all have owned owed a debt at some time in our life and we can say well man I've got some debts, smaller debts I've got bigger debts I just want to tell you the greatest debt that you've ever had in your life more than houses and lands, and even if you've got a bunch of houses and lands, the greatest debt you have ever had against your living, your life has already been paid. If the Lord Mm -hmm. never ever blesses me again, him dying for me on the cross is absolute blessing enough. And Paul says, brag on the cross and The cross is a place where Paul made the decision to either choose Christ or choose the world. And he said, I'm done with the world. I pray that you do the same. Listen to this quote as we close from Robert Coleman. He has taken an old rugged cross, firmly planted in the earth, and out of its its almighty love for, for all of us comes the gospel invitation to come to Christ or to go to the world. We cannot have it both ways. Choose Christ today. He's your only hope. He's your only chance that you and I have. And brag on what he has done for us in the cross. It's not only a place of where our awful sin was absolutely the penalty of that was paid. It's also a place of decision. Choose Christ. I love you. Thank you for being with us. And you know what we say before we leave. Grace and peace. Make sure you live in both of them.